0: Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. Welcome back to Open Book, presented by Go Loud. I'm Louise Cooney, and this week we have a fellow Limerick native, Greg O'Shea He's an Olympian, he's a Love Island winner, he's a presenter, he's got a lot going on. And we have a really nice, open and honest chat about everything from breakups to struggling with your mental health. To retiring and just finding yourself and your new identity again. Just as a warning before you listen to this episode, we do talk about mental health, we talk about the topic of suicide, and if you've struggled with any of the issues discussed in this conversation, please reach out to Pieta House. They're a free service and they're available 24-7 to everyone. The number is 180-247-247. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah,
1: I know. Two Limerick people. Two Limerick stuck people. in.
0: How did we end up here?
1: I know, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't done it before.
0: I know. Well, it's yeah, great to have you on. You're smashing it. Yeah, and you're busy out with your presenting in over in um, Virgin Media. I'm gonna see you there later on.
1: I know, that's <laughs> it we'll be sick of seeing each other, yeah. How
0: long um, have you been doing that for now?
1: I started in November. Well, I kinda of do it sporadically for the last three years. Mm. So when I came out of Love Island, I started getting like presenting opportunities and did a bit in 2 FM, did a bit of Virgin Media. And then I actually was a bit, like, bold in the sense that I said, do you know what, lads, I don't want to do any more sporadic stuff. You either want me or you don't. No. And then Virgin didn't talk to me then for ages. And then the, I think there was a bit of moving around and they suggested me and I um, I got the role, so... No. Subbed in for Martin King. Obviously, can't replace him, but I think I'm making it my own with Karen.
0: Yeah, you know. no, you're doing a brilliant job. Yeah. Me and I Karen get on very well. It's nearly four years, isn't it, since Love Island? Is that right?
1: 2019 is when I went on the show. So, what's it now? 2023. Yeah, this summer is four years. Holy crap, I'm getting old. That's
0: mad. Like, I moved to New York around that time. So, yeah. It's funny because it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it is that Like, a lot has <laughs> wow.
1: changed. You've lived a thousand lives. You know that.
0: So have you. <laughs> when you went into Love like Island, were you genuinely looking for love at that time
1: oh my god because this you know I'm, I'm, into a, I'm it, gonna straight end in. up giving like genuine answers <laughs> and I'll forget that thousands of people are listening
0: well the the podcast is called open book
1: was I looking for love at that time in my life I was very wary of love at that time in my life, like everyone else goes mm. through. And it's funny when you get older, you realize that every single person has gone through heartbreak and you're not anything special. But at the time, I was very much like, oh, poor Greg. And I wasn't ready to, like, mm. meet anyone. But I thought I'd be a bit of crack, honestly. Yeah, like, Do you know what I mean? I got the Love Island message like I'm sure you did or loads of other people you know have and I was like oh, even doing the interviews is going to mm. be a funny story because mm-hmm. me and all the lads that I was in the team with watched it every day and uh, I was like lads it would be so funny to do the interviews and then I just kept getting through the rounds and as I started getting further into it I was like oh my god I'm going to stop telling people because what if this goes somewhere never really thinking I'd get into the villa but they'd ask you not to tell anyone mm. and um, they offered me day one Islander which is the contract you want
0: I know I can't believe yeah. you said no to that
1: and I, I was <laughs> In the big boardroom It's like with.
0: being handed a blank check in yeah. a way,
1: like isn't it? And that was when like Violence falling off a little bit. Let's all be honest: call a spade a spade, right? The viewership's down and everything. But at that time, it was the biggest show around. Like, yeah, it was know? the height of it. And, yeah. And to get a day one contract, that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, let's thanks, but no thanks. Like straight out, it wasn't even a decision for me. It was just mm. like straight up. i got like I didn't have to think about it, and they couldn't believe it. I remember they were they were like, "Are you sure? Do you know what you're saying? Yeah. No to here." Mm-hmm. And they chased me a couple of more times, um, three or four times throughout the six weeks that the show was on. And then for the last two weeks, they rang me. They are like, how do we sort this out?
0: And were you just about finished training then? Or what was...
1: So I was flying to France to play an Olympic qualifier. Okay. And I was with so you the had team. To, you had
0: to be there for that. I
1: was like, this is where I'm going to be. And I can ask my coach for next week off because it wasn't really a big tournament. Mm. And if he says yes, you can fly me from there if you want. But it's past the deadline. The 12th of July was the deadline. And it was like 15th already. And uh, anyway, long story short, they flew me in and ended up winning the show but yeah. I thought that I'd only be in there for like two days again like never did I think I'd keep getting through the rounds mm. and it just changed my life really
0: I know it sounds like it just lined up the way it was totally supposed yeah. to line up Do you know had you gone in on day one maybe you wouldn't be in the position that you're in now
1: that's true the storyline worked for mm. me as well I'm very aware of that that I went in at a time and coupled up with a girl that the story just worked but also I was just like normal to her I was yeah. just like sound like like meeting you Louise and meeting whoever yeah. any kind of Irish dad I think would have done yeah. what I did and it was just so contrasting to the English line
0: yeah because there was a lot of drama. I remember. Childish around, uh, yeah. I remember it well. I love that
1: season. It's funny. I was only chatting to those boys this morning, actually. You're still in uh, touch with them, I'm still in touch with the lads. Like, yeah, would Amber have been someone
0: you would have gone for on the outside? I know you've probably been asked these questions a million times, and we won't dwell on four years ago. But,
1: um, she, have you ever met her in person? No, she's unbelievable, like so good looking. Like, it's Mm. crazy. It's like she's not real, but she wouldn't have been the normal type that I've gone for. Mm. But I've appreciated how beautiful she was, like, she was good crack, but then. I was like, I'm going home to my life. I'm trying to go to Olympics. I'm doing my law exams. I'm like, unless you're moving mm. to Dublin, this isn't going to happen. But I was just so honest all the time. And she didn't like that. And the English it's, media didn't like it either. It's
0: crazy to think that like everyone in there would be thinking that like in that way that I have to give up my whole life for this now. Yeah. Because like it doesn't work out for everybody.
1: Like No, as you see, most Islanders move in with each other after coming out of the villa. Do they? You met like a couple of weeks ago, lads. Imagine that in like a normal life context without millions of people watching. Yeah. Where a guy, you've been dating a guy a couple of times for a couple of weeks and he goes, Louise, will you move in with me? Mm. you are like, are you nuts? Mm -hmm. They all do it. I just, I don't know, maybe it's our Irish thing. I just think it's crazy how quick they move in with each other.
0: Do you ever look at the likes of Molly May and Tommy who were in your uh, season or in your group and think, what if I had done that?
1: I know. Well, arguably you could, because me and Amber beat Molly May and Tommy Fury. Mm. We arguably would have been bigger than them if we went for it full on like Molly May and Tommy did and just became the it couple. But Mm. it was just never an option for me. And yeah. like, I can always, I come up with these scenarios, but at the end of the day, I just chose what I wanted to do. And looking back now, I feel like personally, I won for myself and I'm much happier than I would have been mm-hmm. if I went to London and pretended to be this yeah. celebrity that I'm not. And um, I would have been found out very quick. And I don't think Ireland would have wel- welcomed me home either.
0: Well, do you know what? Like, you went to the Olympics, you've completed that, you know, <laughs> you went back and you did your law exams. And I know you struggled a little bit when you retired from rugby, we'll chat about that later, but yeah. like, I think the same thing happens for everybody, like when things change, you know, say when the Love Island Five Minutes of Fame are over, maybe you would have gone through something then, where do I go next? You know, it's just about kind of always changing and being flexible and... yeah adapting and figuring out what you want
1: adapting is definitely the word but also sticking to your morals and what you believe and not mm-hmm. trying like it's so easy to be yourself so stop trying to be something else and I was very aware of that and I think we're like that especially as Irish people we're very humbled we humble each other yeah which is a good thing and a bad thing because if someone gets too big for their boots then I'm mm-hmm. sure you've experienced it Louise when you started getting um, successful and a little big following some people start ridiculing you and yeah. it's just like you just got to take the, the blows and stuff but um, stick to what you know and you'll be fine
0: we're a Funny nation, yeah. I think Ireland as a nation really respected your decisions. But Mm. I know you've spoken before that maybe the English wanted more from you in terms of the showbiz stuff. But fair play to you for staying true to yourself.
1: The contrast was crazy. I was absolutely lambasted by the English media. Mm. They just couldn't understand why I didn't want to be the Love Island winner guy. Mm. And I was like, but I've this entire life behind me Mm. that I've built up for 24 years and you just want me to give it all up for 12 days of being on a show. And... Irish people understood, but English yeah. killed me and I got cancelled. But I didn't even realise that I was being cancelled at the time. Yeah, I was so in my own world and so like... Ignorant that entire industry, that I didn't even understand what canceling was. Yeah. My best friend that I lived with, he's gone. He's moved out now. He had to explain to me what canceling was. <laughs> he was like, "Man, it's you're a, you're fully being canceled." It's a
0: hard one to understand, and yeah. they even think of it as like something that happens is kind of crazy. I know.
1: It? Yeah. What is? It's just new woke brigade that are just killing people for just trying to do their own thing. Why can't everyone just do their own thing? And as long as it doesn't interfere with your life, just let them off. Yeah. No. Hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: You've carved your own path, and you're hundred percent not canceled. Yeah. Not in Ireland, anyway. Well, not.
1: Ireland thank God yeah
0: but I know like obviously you go on Love Island it's called Love Island people are fascinated then by your love life forever in your personal life do you find that?
1: I only realised that in hindsight but at the time I wasn't aware that people were going to care so much about what I did romantically Mm. but obviously like it's Love Island that's the only reason they know me do you know what I mean I thought oh do you not care about my law exams and my Olympics Mm. and all this stuff they're like no we only care about who you're kissing and Mm. uh, it's clear as day now but at the time I didn't realise So do you find now
0: you have to protect that a little bit more or or you're more open about it or how do you feel about like sharing that side of things now
1: I've completely made that side of my life private now but I had to learn that didn't work out with Amber, but like we only dated for like two weeks and people are this like, Oh crazy. they're like, Oh, you broke up with Amber I'm like broke up with her I wasn't even going out with her I was mm. like I dated her on a TV show <laughs> I was like what people need to get their like labels right I know here. you know what yeah. I mean she's a lovely girl but she was never my girlfriend and you
0: gave her 25 grand I gave her 25 <laughs> grand as well
1: I was like what are people angry about jeez you've given her enough and then um, afterwards dating became very hard because yeah. anyone new that came into my life I questioned their intentions mm, mm-hmm. and a lot of girls just kind of just came in so poorly like do you know what I mean the first thing they'd ask me on a date is about Love Island and I'm mm. like, All when we know where this is going to go. So I actually then uh, um, gravitated towards girls I knew before Mm. that I dated in previously and I was much more comfortable with them Mm because they knew me from before I Mm -hmm. trusted them but anyone I was even near. I remember I went and dated a girl in Paris that I knew from years ago and there was one photo of me taken in Paris by myself and she posted a similar photo a couple of weeks later and people Paired it together.
0: Oh my God. And they were
1: like, he's with this girl in France, and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, how did they even work that out? Even crazier than that.
0: I actually think I remember seeing that.
1: Yeah. She's lovely. I knew her from years ago from Athletics. She's actually a lovely girl. And uh, she got loads casual of casual first well. date in Paris. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's my ex girlfriend. When we started dating, we went to Dubai. And I put up a photo again of myself, and there was a footprint in the back on the sand. She posted one a couple of weeks later. In the same area with the same footprint, like people were like, "That's the same footprint."
0: So I saw these pictures
1: in my research. I'm not going to
0: lie, but I did not notice the footprint. People are good. Like, Mm -hmm. how would you spot that?
1: I can't get away with anything here. So how do you meet people now, then? Good question, Louise. Do you have any friends? (laughs) (laughs) Any friends? (laughs) I'm not on any of the dating apps. Never have. Never. Never done them. Not that I I, like. It's not like I think I'm too good for them. I think a lot of people find love on them. My sister Mm. has found love on it, and Mm. a lot of my friends have. But. It's gotten to the stage now where I can't go on like a Tinder or a Hinge yeah. because mm. the amount of screenshots that'll be sent around Oh WhatsApp right, groups, like, yeah, yeah. See Greg Wachey's on yeah. Tinder. Like, so that's not going to work for me. But then I thought about Raya. Have
0: you ever done Raya? I was on Raya before, oh, yeah. Raya, Raya. It's interesting. Like I saw loads of celebrities on it. was like yeah. I just thought it was like me and the girls would sit down and go through like, And it's so different the way they've done it. They put a song and you put up your, uh, all these pictures and it becomes like a music video. Like, no you way. know.
1: But. Would you recommend? For
0: I would recommend, yeah, maybe for someone like you, if you don't want to be screenshotted and stuff, you can't screenshot on that app. Okay, good. But the only thing I'll say is, everyone on there is someone or thinks they're someone. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, do you want that? Like, is that a priority for you? Because if it is, then that then that's where you go. But otherwise, like for me, I just have to like get over myself, and I didn't put any work pictures up on the apps, and like it's not really men that follow me. Like they wouldn't know. Not that I'm a big deal or anything, but I just wouldn't want someone, you know, wanting to go out with me for that reason, yeah, or like getting the wrong impression for that reason, or like, you know, so I, w- I want to have a separate life.
1: I know what you mean, and you're doing it very well.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Like Mark couldn't be less interested <laughs> in what I do. That's so that's right, and not what I, what I do. But he's not an Instagrammer, like he respects what I do, but he's yeah. so not into it. Yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't care. That's a know? healthy
1: way to be. Yeah, yeah. How did you meet him?
0: Uh, Bumble. Okay, yeah. see I've never it does said, work. I've never said that actually before. Yeah. I didn't know how to work Bumble. I was like, I don't know what to say. I have to make the effort. But yeah. it was actually nice because then you just talk to people you want to talk to and then one of the girls was like, just send a wave.
1: Done. That was it. Send oh my God, it's so easy for girls, man. <laughs> I'm actually done with this podcast. <laughs> Are you you send a wave. Imagine I send a wave to a random girl. She It wouldn't even get open. So do you slip into the DMs? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. I've, it's a It's a new... Uh, what would you say? Work on for me for twenty twenty three, where I will not slide in. And I've also I don't know if I just say just public. I'm trying not to date anyone that's in the public eye yeah. and has a following or anything. Because yeah. I just think ninety nine out of hundred of them, as you said, think they're someone, and I just can't deal with that. Yeah, I'm like I want it's someone that's so like and like down to earth and just doesn't care about being seen. Like, mm, you know,
0: I think to have like a genuine, a genuine, genuine relationship, there should be no pressure. For pictures or sharing your relationship or sharing your, and like you have enough pressure with what you do, Mm -hmm. you
1: know, by yourself. Going into official, like, or something. Yeah, like
0: like there's just much more important things.
1: And I very much have set set back from the kind of social media stuff in recent months because I'm just not getting anything out of it. Like, personally, sorry, if work comes along, I'll do some work in it. Or if, like, I do a weekend that's like really not, like, I went to visit my family in Portugal. And I just took loads of photos of the weekend of me doing Pilates, going for a swim, mm. working out, playing golf with my dad. And I was like, this is a nice weekend. of This is my life. Have a look at what I did. Like that's mm. I enjoyed that. It made me feel good about myself to show people what I do normally. But I just feel like I was getting caught up in the social media world. But that's why I have such kudos to give to you and people like yourself who've built up a following from nothing. Mm. And you're so yourself. And I think people need to... Obviously, people listening are friends of yours, but if anyone else hasn't followed Louise yet, she's just so herself and it's very hard to do that. Mm. You should be very proud of yourself what you've done.
0: Yeah, I I definitely don't come across, I don't think, any different online than I would in real life. Maybe a little... No, that's actually untrue. I'm probably a little bit more reserved online just because
1: it's easier.
0: You never know who's watching and stuff. But do you feel that pressure then to share things, like I know you're saying you step back, but did you ever feel that pressure? I have to share things to keep my numbers up to keep
1: mm. people interested, to stay relevant completely. Well yeah. complete. I was like, I have to stand out I have to be posting once a week. I have to be getting stories telling people what I'm doing. I don't know how you do it, honestly. I
0: feel that too though. I feel oh. like if I haven't posted in a couple of days, I'm like,
1: oh. And it's just like why is that even a pressure? I'm like, why do we have to do this? But like for you it's a, it's a job and mm-hmm. it's where you get your money from. Yeah. And people need to realise that as well. I don't know if you get hate at all, but like when people start giving shit to influencers, I'm like understand that's their job, that's Mm -hmm. how they're earning money, like they have to do this, so Mm -hmm. either unfollow them or don't give them crap. Yeah. Um, So I just decided I just don't think being 100% into social media was my forte and um, I do it now and again, obviously it's one of kind of my foundations of what I do for a job, but I also have the presenting, Mm. my app, which is kind of like really what I'm passionate about, you know, so it's kind of a mixture of it all really.
0: Yeah, you've got your fitness app
1: Mm. where you like get up
0: and exercise. Is it every day you do that? (laughs)
1: It's not. I do two lives a week. Two lives a week. But if you don't make the lives, it goes into on demand.
0: Okay. So like, I've been
1: doing it for over a year now, nearly a year and a half. So there's like hundreds of classes on there. Yeah. And you can just go on, and it's a. it's called Better at Craig and the thing is, it's just is what it says in the tin. Mm-hmm. It's just training with me. But in hindsight, that was actually putting so much pressure on myself because I have to be there now. Mm. I'm not like a influencer in Dubai who records 100 yes, videos yeah, and just posts them. I'm like, yeah. like yesterday morning I was jumping around my living room at half seven in the yeah. morning. Luckily, it's that. something you enjoy and you love. Yeah. It is, it's a passion. And mm. I mean, it costs a lot to make it app, Louise. I don't know if you ever tried.
0: I know, to make it up. I haven't, but I, I do <laughs> know that,
1: yeah. So I'm still paying it back. But you know what? I'm enjoying doing it and I'm going to train anyway. And I want to help people yeah, get fitter. Exactly. People, I was very ignorant to the fact that I trained as a professional athlete for 10 years. So I presumed everyone knows how to train, everyone knows how to exercise. Mm. And when I got into the normal world and got out of my own ass, I realized that people don't know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take everything I learned in my 10 years and I'm going to literally train with you yeah. and show you how to do it. I built a nice little community. It's a small little community, yeah. but it's nice.
0: I like the the ethos at the, at the core of it. It's like helping people, yeah. you know. We talk a lot on this podcast, especially over the last couple of episodes, about how closely tied careers and your identities are. So mm. I know you retired, when was that?
1: At the end of 2021 after Into the Tokyo the, Olympics.
0: Yeah, a year and a half ago. Yeah. How have you dealt with that? How have you kind of... I suppose, characterized your new identity or has that taken time?
1: It's a mad one. And it's, I think a lot of people struggle with it. I don't know if you ever transitioned. You worked normally in New York for a while and then transitioned to be an influencer, did you? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And like, even over the last, like I've been doing it for years now, like seven, eight years, nine years. And I'm like, I don't want my identity to be just this because if I want to change, I want that freedom and I want to be doing something that makes me happy. And, Mm. you know, like I've had changes over the last year with starting the businesses and, you know, different things like that. And I never want to close myself off because I identify as something, you know?
1: Yeah, you're definitely more than an influencer. You have so much going on with your brands and everything Mm. like that. But with me, I put, to use the Love Island phrase, I put all my eggs into one basket Mm. where I identified as the rugby player. Like a lot of my friends do that are still playing now, that I played with along the years. And it's all I cared about. Like I was blinkered. I was like, I am going to the Olympics and I'm playing for Ireland and no one's getting in the way. Mm-hmm. If I didn't happen for 12 days and I came straight back into that, obviously in the background I was doing my law degree because in Ireland you have to get your degree and that's, that's what the old mindset was that you have yeah. to go to college. But I don't think that is a thing anymore. You have to do. But so I was doing that and then I got to the, my goal. I achieved it. And then because we were making below, below minimum wage, like the max I was ever paid in one year was eighteen grand.
0: Like
1: mm. and trying to live in Dublin off eighteen grand, like it's nearby impossible. Sorry, so yeah. I was
0: talking to Mark about this last night, so he's uh he's like, Ask him about the sports. <laughs> ask him about the Olympics. Ask him I was like <laughs> and I will. Like and I know I find that so interesting, but like I I can't believe that. Like, as an
1: Olympian, you're on 18,000 a year. Yeah. Like, how do you live? And that was the top contract. There was only a couple of us on that. There yeah. was guys on 12 grand and there was guys on 8 grand a year to train full time in a rugby where you destroy your body. It's
0: Because that has yeah. to be an amateur sport kind of for the Olympics, is that right?
1: Well, the Olympics is an amateur sport and I'm an amateur organisation and professionals can come in and play like the NBA mm. guys come and play the basketball. Mm-hmm. But like, overall, like, your gymnasts, your athletes, your rugby sevens players, they're all amateurs. So they're not actually getting paid that much money, and you mm. see them at the top of sport, so you presume they're making loads of cash. But if they don't have a brand sponsoring them, mm. they're goose like you know, and they're a lot of people live with their families and things like that. So it's just the way it is, and you know that going into it. So that's not a complaint, that's just reality of Mm -hmm. what it is. If you want to play for your country and go to the Olympics that's what it's going to be like. So we all decided to do that and we kind of bonded over the bitterness of being paid so poorly but like trying to get to the top of sport. Mm -hmm. You look at 15s lads like 15s rugby like your Leinsters and Munsters Mm. that get paid hundreds of thousands. And I've been in both camps. I did five years in Munster and I did five years in Sevens and Sevens lads train so much harder mm. like, and I can say it openly because I did both like the amount of volume the Sevens lads are doing each week is crazy and
0: was this all training for the Olympics
1: all training for the Olympics and sorry, there's another kind of world league called the World Seven Series okay. the lads are actually over in Hong Kong and Singapore at the moment so it's cool it's a great way to see the world but basically you're not earning money so mm. you get to like your late 20s and you have no money but you've had a great life and you've kind of achieved your goals in a sporting context. Mm -hmm. But then you look at your friends. So I was 26 and my friends had now worked for maybe four or five years mm. in their careers and they're really progressed. They have good money in the bank, they're yeah. getting mortgages. And yeah. we all kind of looked at each other, the older lads in the squad, and we we're like, we're going to have to retire, lads. Yeah. Like, we, have to, we can't be sitting at 26, 27 with no money. Like We have to realise that rugby is not everything. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky and fortunate. And I was actually chatting to Jason Smith, who just retired. He's the most successful Paralympian ever. He's won like four Olympics or something. And wow. he said the same thing, that like you have to kind of realise that there's more to life. And yeah. you have to start building yourself up. It's hard oh, yeah. though
0: when it's your everything for so long.
1: That's the thing. Yeah. So we retired and a couple of us did and we were lucky enough to get out on top where we didn't get injured and we didn't get not picked. Yeah. We decided to leave, which is a really nice benefit. And then I just had to sit back then and go, what has even happened to me in the last two years? Mm-hmm. I, was like, I got to Olympics, which is amazing, but now I have to like, start from scratch again because there's no actual funds in my bank account. And then two, I went on the biggest show in Britain and won it. But because I didn't follow that route, Mm. I'm also not the person that people think I am from that side of things. Mm. So I was kind of caught between two and I was trying to then move into the media world and figure out what I was doing there and there was no one really that understood the Love Island winning sense and getting cancelled and then going to the Olympics and doing that. There's people in both camps but no one in the middle and I was just so like, oh my God, I don't know where I'm going, what Mm. I'm doing. But as you know, Louise, you have to keep a public face and keep smiling and I... Tried to, like, sign with an agency in London. I met with a couple of them. Long story short, all of them didn't want to work with me. And I didn't understand. I was like, what? I was like, I'm an Olympian, a Love Island winner. Like, do you know I have? A- mm. I thought it was, I'd was i be, at least get signed. Like, I'm mm. not asking you to get me a job. But um, I rang someone that is very well-versed, like, the London industry and social media and stuff. And she knows the agencies. And she was like, look, do you want it between the eyes? Or do you want me to sugarcoat it? And I go, obviously give it to me between the eyes. She was like, Greg, you missed the boat. Like, you're irrelevant now. You can't expect to step away from the show for 2 years and come back and try and be the likes of a Molly Mae and Tommy Fury like they went straight into that world after the show you went home for 2 years and now you're trying to get back in they were like it's just not going to happen straight away you have to gonna, you're going to have to work for it and for me to be told that I wasn't good enough after putting in 10 years of such graft mm. And like giving everything I absolutely had. And then the world didn't care anymore. I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? And I, they all asked me like, who are you now? What are you mm-hmm. What are you doing? Like, what's the plan? And I actually didn't have an answer. I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I thought that was enough, but it wasn't enough for people. Yeah. And
0: you know what? It's probably a blessing because like, you don't want to have to rely on that as your as your identity mm-hmm. forever. Like you've so much else going on and maybe it's just redirected your path back here, which exactly. maybe is where you're happy it seems like you're
1: happier here. Yeah. It
0: seems like family and friends are such a priority for you.
1: Completely, yeah. I'm in the happiest place I've ever been in my life right now. And I was in a very dark place that a lot of people go through as well. Mm -hmm. I probably took it closer to the edge than some people usually would. Mm -hmm. But I think that also stems from the fact that I'm a male coming from a sporting context where we, I don't know if your boyfriend Mark would notice if you talked to him when you get home, we are kind of expected to be strong all the time and not talk about our emotions or we feel that society wants mm-hmm. that from us. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to change a little bit now. But at that time, I was like, I can't show anyone that I'm struggling here. Yeah, I, I didn't even tell my sisters. I barely told my mom. I was like, look, mom, I'm kind of struggling a little bit, but I didn't tell her the extent of yeah. it. I think it's starting to change, though. Have you
0: felt that in I think opening so. up about it? Like, and have people approached you afterwards that you mm-hmm. felt like, oh, maybe this is an easier conversation now, you know?
1: Yeah. So kind of, I... Unintentionally mentioned my, what I was going through when I went on a podcast with Dean Garrahy. And then off the back of that, I went on the Late Late Show and spoke to Ryan Tuberty Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And I'd never planned on it, but I just kind of told my story. And then after that, the amount of men, all different ages, young guys, like 16-year-old guys. I was chatting to a 16-year-old guy the other day who just went through his first breakup. He's really struggling. I spoke to him about it. I spoke to this, like, 56-year-old man who's, like, an Irish family guy. Like, he has daughters, Mm -hmm. sons, wife, Mm -hmm. house. And he was telling me about his troubles. And I was like it doesn't discriminate. Like, Mm. if you're struggling, it doesn't matter who you are. So everyone kind of came up to me and told me their story. So I'm glad I did, even though I was very vulnerable. I'm glad I did. And I kind of, the message I want to put out there is I went through it, but now that's the thing that I went through. And now I'm in this place in my life where sometimes you have to go through trauma to get to your happy spot.
0: Yeah. And you have to learn how to take care of yourself, like Mm -hmm. mentally, because it's not always going to be easy, you know. Exactly. And you're an ambassador this year for Darks and Light, which I've been as well for the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh, is such a good charity. Mm. And I just love that walk. It's on the 6th of May this year.
1: Yes, it is. Saturday, 6th of May. Yeah. You've done it for a couple of years. I've
0: done it, yeah. And I've worked with them, you know, just to help them send messages and raising money and things like that.
1: Yeah. Did you get involved because you went through your own struggles or just you wanted to help out?
0: Um... Well, my cousin died by suicide in 2019, which I actually saw in the research they sent me. It was the top cause of death in under 25 year olds in in 2019. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, you know, and that's why, like, someone like you talking out, someone so successful and, you know, strong and well liked Mm. can go through that. So it it makes it more acceptable for others to acknowledge it. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Biggest killer of men under the age of 25 in 2019, and the third. Highest killer of women, same age, same time period. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and also the same study I think came out. We obviously got the same brief. They said that one in ten young people admit to attempting suicide, wow and that's that was a 2022 result. Give me goosebumps. I was like, what? And I'm one like in thinking,
0: why? Why 2019? I'm like, I wonder in 2020 that time to slow yeah. down. Maybe did we all learn a little bit, a little bit better to look after ourselves? Yeah. And, like, I, I think that's what Purge taking care want. of yourself and looking after mental health looks like as well. It's slowing down and yeah. giving yourself the time and talking to people and taking out a pen and paper and writing things down and, mm. like, there's so many things you can do.
1: That's what spurred you want to get involved in it?
0: Yeah, so with that that was one thing and then I also, after this and during it, like, struggled myself and, I, I like, I didn't even realise I was struggling. Mm. You know, that kind of way, like, I had quite bad anxiety. I was never, like, depressed, I don't think, but quite anxious and down and not myself, like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I went on medication for that and spoke to a therapist about it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's taken, like, I'm still, I, I'm still really, really careful about it, like, and looking after it, because I never want to go back to that place. I love you that, know?
1: yeah. Yeah. You're really taking care of yourself and setting boundaries.
0: And I feel it when I'm off, like, you know, yeah. so I have
1: to set boundaries, yeah, and... Yeah. But even being aware of it is a massive step. And I'm Mm. like that now. So it's actually more common than we think that I went on medication as well and Mm -hmm. saw a therapist and stuff to help me out. And now when we feel ourselves we're slipping, Mm. we're able to identify it and fix ourselves very Mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. Maybe before we weren't.
0: Yeah, I think there definitely has been like people are a little bit scared about admitting it to themselves. I think probably themselves more than anyone else because sometimes I talk to people and I can see it straight away. I'm Mm. like, you need help, like, you know. Yeah. But... Sometimes Maybe it's harder offended. to admit that yeah. to yourself, like you know, and it's, right, I need help here, and I I don't know where to go, or mm. and that's what PAID are great for. They they can give you advice and they can tell you where to go if you yeah. don't know.
1: They have a free twenty four seven service for uh, crisis one 247 or something like that. But if you look up, yeah, metadata, yeah, it is, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're always there, so it's great stuff and good that we're both involved.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so now you're presenting on Virgin Media. Is that something you always wanted to do or is it something you've just realised you loved when you got a chance to try it out?
1: Yeah, so the, when I came out of Love Island, I got off presenting opportunities. yeah, And I'd never in a million years before Love Island thought that I would ever be a presenter. I was like, I'm going to do my rugby, get my law degree, do my fu ones which I've actually done. And then... When I retire, I'll just go in and become a lawyer. And mm. that was it. And that, that's a good plan. And I was like, that's going to be my career. Find myself a, a nice girlfriend, get a dog, get a house, and that's going to be my life. Mm. And I'll be happy out. But then I got these opportunities off to back of Love Island. And my first one was in 2FM with Deering and Gary, he, on the breakfast show. And then Virgin Media brought me in. And I had a show called The Line Out, which was like a poor man's Graham Norton kind of thing. And uh, I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. I was like, it gave me adrenaline buzz. Similar enough to sport where it's live TV, live radio, and if I mess up, that's it, you're done. Like, there's no going back and deleting it because it's live. And I love that. And me. You have to learn that. um, I was very much thrown in the deep end. (laughs) Very much thrown in the deep end. It was kind of like sink or swim, but I had great people around me. Like, so co presenters really helped me out Mm. and showed me the ropes and the floor managers, and everyone kind of really helped me out. Mm. But. Like say on a live t v set right you go you go on, you sit down, you have a director in your ear, you have an cue that you have to read, but as you're reading the camera, you have to make it look like you're not reading. Mm. You also have a guest on the couch, you could have three guests on the couch where you have to interact with them, and you have you, to know things have, about them right you have to know everything about them, you've questions on your iPad or your sheet. And you also have to work with your co-presenter in order to make the conversation flow. So yeah. there's like five things going on. And sorry, you're also on TV so you can't be just like slumping down. You can't zone out. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, if you lose track of what, like, Claire, could you just say
1: that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you have to go with the conversation. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So you have to react. So I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. the challenge of it and it was gave me a buzz and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go for this. And, at the time, still I had no experience really. I don't have a couple of jobs yeah. there, but like not enough to be given a full role. Mm. So I had to do about three years of random jobs and kind of build up my uh, CV and then they gave me a shot. I'm still learning every mm. single day, but I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And do you think you'll ever go back to the other route, the law <laughs> route? That's
1: something you could see? I have it in the back pocket. Yeah. Say if like TV crashes or I get cancelled for saying something stupid yeah. or I don't know or Instagram crashes then I can fall back in my yeah. law degree and become a yeah. sister but it doesn't excite me Louise do you yeah. know what I mean I just don't Also you
0: think you're in your 20s you're like you never know what's you never know. ahead of you like you know yeah.
1: but At least I have the degree in the back pocket like do you know
0: You've said it a couple of times throughout this chat just that like I suppose there's a roadmap for everyone like or there was you go to college you go you get married you know you stay in the job that you've qualified for or you've trained up to be I don't think it's like that anymore. No way. You know, I think we're, we're becoming a less traditional country. Mm-hmm.
1: I um, don't think you have to go to college or university anymore unless you're fully hell-bent and like you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a doctor, you want to mm-hmm. be a dentist, then okay, you have to go do those exams get mm-hmm. the qualifications so you can actually do the job properly. Mm-hmm. But if you're not sure what you want to do, and this is such like a modern mindset, but I'm like, why would you waste four years sitting in a lecture room looking at someone who's just teaching you stuff that's been brought out of a textbook yeah. and like research papers where you can get all that research online for free mm. and like start a mini business so you can start something yeah. and if you don't know what you want to do don't waste four years in college figure out what you want to do and then if that brings you to college fine but
0: like learning out of a textbook that's if you go to the classes like you know yeah. to be fair like you in college enough, it was like, just really about yeah. socialising and it was kind of like for me I having a break you know Yeah, I, like I'm lucky I did study something I was interested in but like at one stage I think I went to probably Four hours a week. Do you know what I mean? Like I could have really compressed it and got much more done. But I'm also, I wouldn't take it back. But I, I think you can get where you want to go a lot faster yeah. if you really know what you're passionate about and what you're interested in.
1: And do you use your degree at all anymore?
0: Well, it was communications. So okay, I'm using so. it
1: right now. <laughs> you do? Okay, yeah.
0: You're, no, you're the exception. I also don't, like I didn't learn any of that stuff in college. Yeah. I learned most of it like On the job. Absolutely. And like mm-hmm. getting involved in different things, the different jobs that I've had, and different people I've met clubs yeah. I was involved in things like that like you know I would say
1: you learned so much from building the brand you have now and oh. your clothing brand than you did for 4 years sitting in a lecture so
0: much yes Do you know what I mean so uh, as we say in the going for growth group that I'm in which is it's run by Enterprise Ireland and KPMG yeah they're like it's the most expensive MBA and most valuable MBA you'll ever do, like, you know, <laughs> setting up your own business because you have to be everything. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you've seen that with your own app so Yeah, like it's so stressful. So stressful. It's just, you never switch off, really. Yeah. Like, you know, there's
1: always something to be doing, isn't always there? Always something to be doing, yeah. But that's exactly. the thing. You can just go straight into that out of secondary school and just start trying to build your business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, probably parents will come at me now, but I think we're in a g- different generation, Louise. Yeah. There's so many ways to make money in this world. You just have to find your passion and make it happen.
0: Yeah, and I think the priority should be. Be to figure out what is your passion what yeah. are you
1: driven by which is a hard thing to do yeah. which means you have to have the get up and go attitude where you just go to a class and you try it say if mm-hmm. you're into I don't know you love art and you're just at home doodling away go to an art class mm-hmm. or go to an art exhibition mm-hmm. or if you love dancing go to a dance class yeah. do you know what I mean like do stuff that you think you might like if you're mm-hmm. into coffee go do a barista course do you know what I yeah. mean and figure it out you can't just sit back and think it's going to happen because it's yeah. not you have to be active about it you've achieved a lot that would be
0: signifiers of success. You know, you've been to the Olympics. That's the top of the game. You've won (laughs) Love Island. Yeah. What does success look like for you now?
1: Oh, my God. That's a great question, Louise. I don't know. I actually haven't sat down in my recent mindset um, to think about that. But what I really um, focus on on a day to day basis is feeling good within myself and that sounds really really wishy-washy but if I'm like the other day my friends asked me to get up and go for an early sea swim and a coffee or whatever and I was like you know what lads I'm not feeling right myself right now I'm gonna go for a sleep Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go for a workout and whatever and I was like very much like getting myself back on track Mm -hmm. so me feeling good about myself and having a, a day where I feel well and get good work done is a successful day for me but in like a broader sense I just want to keep getting better at this presenting gig Yeah, because I'm still learning I'm very much still have my stabilisers on Yeah, in every show there's something going wrong do you know yeah. what I mean like last night we had Mario Rosenstock on right and just before he was coming on TV he fell and twisted his leg and we had to deal with that situation so he was obviously a bit thrown by it then yeah. we had to like get him onto the couch and talk to him about okay we, we're going to do the questions here now and but then the floor manager's like, okay, we're on in 30 seconds. And like, that is a scenario. I'm like, I have to learn on my feet here because yeah. otherwise the show will come crashing down. Or the other day, another example is like the auto autocue. So the words that are going across mm. the screen, it cut out. So there's no auto queue. So me and Karen so we are sitting there just trying to just ad libbing <laughs> for like a couple of minutes and like things like that is just such a good way to learn.
0: And like without that, would you not know who's coming up next or when they're coming on and things like that?
1: Didn't he, did, we didn't know where we were going with the show? Like so <laughs> we had to like think back to well, okay what what did the producer say where, where do they want us to go with this and director would be in our ear. But at the end of the day, book stops with us mm-hmm. and we have to get it done. So oh things God. like that, I love it because I'm learning every single day, you know. Yeah. But I'm still very much an infant and I'm learning. Yeah.
0: And I'd say the routine suits you as well, like having somewhere sure. to go like every day, you know, what time you're in there at and you can kind of work your day around that. Yeah,
1: I, I'm very good in, in a routine. I'm much more happier in that because say when I retired and I had that kind of 2022 20, year where yeah. I, was, I got like two flights a week and that wasn't on holidays. That was like going to like meet people, trying mm. to create my new brand, my new career, yeah. going to wherever the work was. But I was very all over the place, living out of bags. And mm. some people are good at that. But I was just that's just not me. I'm very much like back from my rugby days where I'd have my boots and my gear ready from the night before, have my lunch packed, mm. have my stuff ready to go. Yeah. And I know where I'm going to be, what I'm doing. So yeah. that's, that's where I like to live.
0: I heard this thing recently. I might have said this before, but uh, it's like as an entrepreneur, as someone who works for yourself, having an empty diary is as stressful as having a full diary. <laughs> and I true. so feel it. Like I'm running around all morning, but like I know... Let's say once today's over I'll be like oh, good productive day good
1: you know day, what I mean yeah. i feel great after it like you that's know that's good one I'm going to steal that off of you <laughs> <laughs> empty diary is good as a full diary yeah it's
0: so true though like it's like you got to find that that balance and it's hard to find it you know
1: yeah I just kind of this idea of like future Greg so like work now so future Greg can relax mm. so I'm like why would I waste a couple of weeks of going on the piss with the lads here Mm. where I could work hard now for a couple of weeks and then when I'm 35, 40 I can relax because I've done the work now when I'm in my 20s so it's like get the work done now so that's kind of what I'm trying to do now is kind of just build myself up Um, I'm very much aware that I'm in a new chapter in my life and I'm only at the beginning of the chapter so I'm just trying to kind of build up what I have now but the life I have now is the one I want I just need to develop it. That's know? so
0: exciting. Yeah. yeah. You never know what kind of opportunities will, will come along once you keep working away on, on what you're doing. It's tipping you know? away
1: and it's consistency and discipline. Like yeah. you know, I talk about like just doing a little bit of something every day for yeah. yourself. Like yeah. do it for future Louise. Like what yeah. does what you need to do for her right now and do it for yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what I think. And also <laughs> think about. hopefully I'll uh, find a missus at some stage as well. That's that's another goal of mine. But um But right what do you what her. do you what are you looking for in someone? Oh my God. What's your type on paper? <laughs>
0: and then we we any anyone who thinks that maybe they're a match, they can drop you at <laughs> the end and then drop, you
1: don't have to do it. <laughs> drop it the DM, and then you can filter it down to <laughs> me. Um I'm looking for someone that I actually went on a date the other day, Louise, and this thing crawling over. Oh, it was no, just a really why? bad date. If it's a bad date, it's a good story, so. But she what it was it's not even a good story. She was beautiful. Like ten out of ten, I would have her. Like on paper, she is gorgeous but I was exhausted at the end of the date because just trying to drag conversation. Oh no, I've been on a date like that before. Oh my God. Awful. least like, you thought I was going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I've, and I felt like I was at work, like interviewing someone. Mm. I was... Wrecked at the end, and I was just like, This isn't going to work. You're beautiful. I didn't say this to her, but in my head, I was like, You're beautiful to look at, but this isn't going to go anywhere. Mm. And I'm sure she felt the same, like, but she was giving one word answers and stuff. And oh, god, so it's a tough world, the old dating world. So, what I'm looking for is someone that's very much aligned with what I'm doing. Like, so I'm obviously very into wellness. Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean, I have my routine, and I'm very into that kind of, yeah, like, I wouldn't be attracted to a girl now that's like going on nights out the whole time and like, yeah, out in a smoking area with like all this stuff. I'm just like, No, nah, that's just not my person Yeah, I'm not saying that's the wrong person that's just not for me mm-hmm. Um, so someone that's kind of into the wellness stuff that's very ambitious as well that has her own stuff going on yeah. that's like independent like she doesn't need a man but mm-hmm. she wants a man yeah. that kind of thing yeah. I don't want a girl that's like working in some job that she's just like getting by just comfortable yeah like I want to be she- impressed by them no, and she's just looking for a guy to, like, fund her life. I just don't want that No, no. Some guys want that. Some guys want a girl to sit at home and they, like, he pays for everything for her, but that's just not the girl I want. Yeah. Like, wellness, ambitious, and someone that's, like, I think it stems from me being such, like, a, a family man. I'm really close to my yes, sisters. Of course, and yeah. And someone that's just supportive, like, that really cares about what you're doing. Like Mark Few, for instance. Yeah. Right, he doesn't have a clue about what you're doing on Instagram, yeah. but he supports you. yeah. I want someone that's just gonna, they might not understand what I do mm-hmm. for a living, but they're gonna like, so how was your day today? How was yes. the show? Yeah. And it's just a small thing, but it matters so much to me. I know, you know I, I know, I mean? yeah. So, um, unfortunately, now it used to be about like looking for the looks, like the 10 out of 10s. They seem to be the worst people, Louise. Ah,
0: well, you'll they find someone. Much you know, them, so. I, I think you're, you'd be surprised sometimes when you meet the right person, and be like, where were you? Well, yeah. Ah, yeah, we yeah.
1: So that's, I kind of have an idea. So it will, it will happen eventually, I'm sure. Ah, well. I'm so excited for you. There's amazing <laughs> things
0: going on. And Sherlock, sure, we better end the chat here. Thanks so much for coming on today. It was so nice to chat to you. No, Lovely stuff. Thanks, sweet. And you're smashing it. Well done. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Open Book. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you got a lot from it like I did. I think Greg is just amazing. He's hilarious. And he's also just really raw and honest. And he's an inspiration. He's done so well for himself. And I know he will continue to do that as well. Don't forget, if you enjoy this episode, you can listen back to more great episodes of Open Book on the Go Loud Player and wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a new episode out each Wednesday, as well as our bonus episode on Monday.